Hey, Strong Runner Chicks, it's Megan here. And I just wanted to say I know it's been a very tough um, week full of tragedies, to say the least. And here at SRC, we're really dedicated to doing whatever we can to to breaking down these barriers that exist, to speaking out against what's not right, and to having an active uh, voice in this space and to, to bringing light to those who who we may have not highlighted in the past and to, to celebrating our differences rather than seeing them as um, barriers. So that said, I just um, wanted to preface this episode with saying that we've We've been talking about and wanting to have Black Girls Run on the podcast for a long time now, and truly, um, we're honored to get the opportunity to speak with JL Alexander, who is the CEO um, since 2018. She's also been a part of Black Girls Run as the national manager and PR director since 2012. Um, She owns a public relations strategy consulting firm. And she has run a number of half marathons, 10Ks, 5Ks, completed her first marathon in 2014. In addition, she has a husband, a dog child, as she says, and a real child. Um, She's a a new mom and um, a recent author. So we're very honored, like I said, to get the opportunity to speak with her. This conversation is more of a casual one between her, Elena, and I. And, um, you know, it really highlights, too, the story of Black Girls Run. I don't want to speak too much for that, but I will say that um, we have a lot to learn. I think um, both Alina and I were taking notes and really blown away by, by all the work that not only JL is doing, but all of their community. So um, we encourage you to check out their website, blackgirlsrun.com. See how you can get involved. Um, everyone is welcome. I will say you do not have to be a black woman to join, just a woman in general. And um, they are very open to, to partnership, to reaching out, to community. So definitely um, visit their website, give them a follow and become a part of all the great work that they're doing. Um, that said, I just I hope you guys enjoy this show and be sure to check in with us. Let us know how you're doing, what you what you'd like to see from SRC. And if you do see someone out there that's doing great work, um, please please feel free to re- let us know. We would love the opportunity to speak with more people and appreciate you guys. Thanks. And then um, we've gotten to know you a little bit through uh, by listening to a few podcasts and, and, you know, visiting your website, but would love to kind of learn a little bit more about your background and how you first kind of got into the sport and started Black Girls Run or when you became a part of it. Right. Um, So I actually started, my background is actually in marketing and PR, um, and I was introduced to running. I was a high school and college athlete. um, So the idea of running was more so, um, I don't wanna say torture, but punishment. Um, So, you know, hitting the baseline or, you know, doing sprints and so forth. and but my my father played overseas basketball and my mom was a volleyball player at Tennessee and so I've always just come from a very active
active uh, household. And so physical sports, nutrition was just always a conversation. Um, and my parents now, my mom is 70, just ran her first half marathon. My dad is 75 and they still both play tennis, still roller skate, still very active. <laughs> um, so that's just always been just in, ingrained in me from just a young age. And so went through grad school, had hit my heaviest weight happy waiters, if I call it, had met my now husband um, and just was, life was happening, was on my own, really didn't understand, you know, cooking, grocery store, everything was just convenience. Um, and so just weight just started to just like, I'm like, all right, something's, <laughs> something's not working <laughs> what I used to, you know, I'm getting older and, you know, I'm, I'm not the same shape and size and fit that I am anymore. And so I started running in 2010, signed up for a local 10K here in Richmond, started training and just fell in love with just long distance running. Um, and so that was 2010, um, got introduced to BGR about a year later through actually my professional side. Um, they had just hit, uh, the industry, if you will. Um, and that back then blogging wasn't what it is now. Um, and they were looking for some media assistance. Um, just to kind of help expand the brand and actually was introduced to the co-founders through one of my professional mentors. Um, and he was like, hey, I know you're looking for some hands-on work. Um, they're looking for some volunteers to help with their media relations. And I was like, sure, that works for me. Um, and so got introduced to the co-founders. They were like, hey, we really need some help. You know, people, we're starting to pick up traction in terms of people figuring out who we are. So flew up to New York. Um, that's when they were first, that's where they were, uh, like just kind of headquartered at the time. Um, managed a media event for them, met them for the first time, slept head to toe with them in a studio apartment in New York. Uh, did not know who these women were. And I talk about it now and I'm like, no one thought like this was like a bad idea. Sidebar, like I'm watching like the Epstein documentary right now. Mm. And I'm just like, <laughs> And I was just like, how are you all flying across the country? But then I think about it and I was like, how did y'all let me go to New York and not know these women? So I was like, so that, that was a sidebar. Um, so yeah, so long story short, it turned into something, obviously something amazing. Um, and um, yeah, my role with them over the last eight years just continued to transform. Um, from working on the media side to almost becoming like the right-hand person for our co-founders, literally just kind of the back end for everything. Um, and so uh, two years ago, the organization kind of took um, a shift internally. And um, we were, just, I think, you know, just kind of as not speaking for them, but just kind of as co-founders, you've kind of seen your vision manifest. And now it's kind of the next chapter for your organization. And we started shopping around to see, you know, what's the next chapter. Um, and we had some potential shoppers or some potential buyers come to the table, but nothing came to fruition. And in the 2017, they pitched it to me to buy the company. And I was like, uh, nah. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I've seen the I've seen the back end of this. I'm not looking to take on any more. You know, I'm at you know, my husband and I were talking about expanding our family at the time and I was like, that's just a lot. Buying a business and trying to have a child for the first time. Nah, I'm good. And just, you know, not sure how religious or spiritual you guys are, but it just wasn't 
wasn't what I saw for my life, but really the things that started to manifest really God was putting things in place that I, it was working beyond my my physical self. Um, and so I didn't want to take out a loan with the bank. Um, literally at Christmas dinner, um, my husband was like, well, just pitch it to your family, see what they say. Um, and I had six family members write me a check and was like, JL, go mm-hmm. buy them out and do what you got to do. Pay us back when you get the money back. I was like, all right. (laughs) So here we are two years later. um, And the business is going absolutely amazing. Couldn't have, you know, I've been able to do this full time now and then just do PR on the side. um, And just things have continued to manifest. And I've just continued to, of course, obviously still running. Running is definitely a part of my life now um, from a professional and a personal side. But you know, here we are two years later and, you know, the organization is still thriving and we've been in ex- existence for 11 years now. Wow. That's amazing. That's, that's so, <laughs> um, that's so cool that your family like helped to support you and really wanted to, to do this. Um, I, I like, they like involved, um, so some of them come to like different events. Well, you, you guys know this as being daughters. I don't think like, well, and again, my, my parents are a little bit older. My mom absolutely knows what I do. She comes out support. She'll work the store for me. She'll work registration. But like dads don't really know what we do. Like they're just like, you know, just go ahead, Jay, be amazing. And so he just knew that I was traveling and I'm running, but that was about it. And so I actually flew him to an event that we had, um, I guess it's been about a year ago now. And he saw the energy. He saw he sees what it means that I'm bringing a community together and he could see it in action. Mm -hmm. So, um, I've slowly been able to get, um, you know, my family members on the pavement. I had a cousin that lives in Houston to fly to Miami earlier this year to do her first half marathon. So it's a, it's one of those sports, as you guys know, that it's, it becomes slowly contagious. And then when they sign up for a race, they're like, Oh gosh, I have to do this again. Like what's next. So, um, they've been joining me on the pavement. Um, and I think now that they've invested some funding, <laughs> they're like, all right, now what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> they've so, got yeah. a little skin in the game. Yeah, it's been, it's been good though. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, and, and now um, you've got over 70 clubs, correct? And 200,000 yep. members and still yep. growing. Yep, yeah, yep. still growing. Um, yeah, we, we launched, um, even during the pandemic, we've launched... Um, two new groups in South El Paso, Texas and Greenville, South Carolina. So um, even with the pandemic and things going on right now, people are still wanting community, still wanting to be engaged. Um, and, you know, now health and physical activity is probably more important than ever. Um, so it, it's been, it's been, even though we've had to shift to a physical platform, excuse me, a virtual platform, because um, obviously we're in the business of mass gatherings, um, it's still been very, it's still been very good for the business. Yeah, I think too, um, I don't know if you noticed, but I've noticed that like a lot more people are running right now. Um, like I'll be out running in like my community and I'll just see like a lot more people out running than ever before. So I can definitely understand like that it's growing right now and more people are just like wanting to be involved and, and find community and kind of know, um, well, it's hard time to have everybody get into running right now because it's getting so hot. 
And then you're like, well, you know, like how to deal with like running in the heat and everything is, t is tough. Yeah, you're learning. Yeah, I think I went out on Saturday and it was, I don't know where you guys are, but well, you say you're in Indiana. And Megan, where did you say? <laughs> I'm you in are? Portland. It's pouring rain right now. It's oh, like so 50 it's like, and cold. <laughs> so it's like right now, I think today is like 85 degrees outside. Here oh, wow. It, but the humidity is absolutely ugh, yeah, terrible. Yeah. You have to get out early. And so um, I think the heat has started to separate or the define who is really about this physical activity life <laughs> yeah. um, because having, you, you have to get out early now to go out running so yesterday I went out at like 6 a.m and normally I head out like around 8 8 I feel like I'm sometimes bobbing and weaving let me get on the other side of the street social distance all of that yesterday I went out at 6 and I was the only one you have a young son uh right you just had your son in September yeah he's he's almost he'll be nine months this week oh wow um, congrats thank you. you yeah so that's a yeah that's a whole different world too so my schedule really does rely on him so I have to get a lot mm -hmm. of things done before he wakes up definitely I'm sure <laughs> Um, so we know like with COVID, a lot of programming has had to shift online and social media platforms have been key for this. We've seen you guys are doing a ton um, in terms of getting your community involved, but how has, how have you been able to shift your programming to still foster a community and, you know, create these important conversations throughout this time? Well, I guess because our footprint is so massive. We've always been a community that has been virtual and online. Um, it's just, I always say offline and on the pavement is where, where the real magic happens. Um, so now that we've had to shift and we made an immediate shift uh, because that was something that was just, all right, we can't run as a group anymore. We got to figure something else out. So we've done, you know, virtual runs just across the country, just, you know, just down kind of to foster that community. But now our virtual challenges, we've seen 300% fold in terms of people participating in our virtual challenges. Um, and then the opportunity for our members, our virtual schedule that we have every week is actually our members that have other skill sets, whether it's Zumba or yoga or what have you. So they're like, hey, Jay, I want to contribute to the calendar. Um, so we've been able to actually elevate our members' platforms and their following as well um, and get them engaged. And so, you know, tomorrow we have um, someone, this week we have like someone from Detroit and Washington, D.C. and here in Virginia. And um, who else do we have? this week someone in Florida someone in LA so you know that's an opportunity for you to get for them to say hey you know I'm going live this week on the BGR platform join me whether it's their friends and family and then just our regular members as well so we've we've been able to still keep people running but then also participate in other activities as well because we realize um right now you you have to figure out something that works for you and if it's not running then we're able to offer some other opportunities as well definitely that's that's awesome that you can trans transition to that and um, just have that community to stay stay with is so nice. And I wanted to ask you too, like um, prior to COVID, what did like your online or your like your in person meetups normally look like? Uh, it just sounds I'd, I'd love to learn more about that. <laughs> so we our last meet 
Uh, we choose about, I'm going to say about eight, I'm looking up because that's my schedule. Um, we choose about eight to 10 races every year across the okay. country yeah. that we collaborate directly with the race. So our mm-hmm. last one was in February um, at the Miami Marathon. And so we work with the Miami Marathon to uh, either create a discount code, some co-branded special swag, um, and we'll have like a dinner that weekend for all of our participants. Um, and then they also get double bling. Um, they get a BGR bling as well as the race metal bling. Um, and so working directly with the races, we're able to say, hey, we can bring this captive audience to mm-hmm. your race. So we had about 600 women um, in the Miami Marathon this past February, which feels like years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really what our, our meetups look like. There are opportunities to connect with women outside of your community, um, an opportunity to travel and to participate in, you know, other cities events as well. Um, and so that's, you know, that's been able to broaden our footprint even more and to get more women involved. So that's kind of a typical meetup weekend. I don't know when we'll be meeting up again. Um, the fall season seems to be on overload. So like, yeah, supposed to pick back up in November. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I definitely understand. My dad was asking me, I, I ran my first marathon um, in, uh, last October and he was like, Elena, what, are you going to do another one in the fall? And I was like, well, I, I'd love to, but it's hard to know to sign up for one right now it is. because yeah, because I've had a few friends that signed up for races and um, they're not giving refunds or they're just like rescheduling. And then you're like, well, is it just going to keep getting rescheduled? And yeah. so, yeah, that's tough. Um, that is so cool, though. I like the idea to collaborate with the races. Was that something that like you came up with or was that something that the previous like co-founders had already kind of? Um, we've, we've done race partnerships for a few years now. They've just kind of evolved as people mm-hmm. kind of recognize our name and then yeah. also you know, we bring an energy to the audience. Obviously, it's predominantly a group of African-American women, but even within this group, we bring an energy definitely to the race that people can feel and add to the race experience. Um, And I think that's something that we've been able to strengthen over the years in terms of the race partnerships, understanding, okay, there's some worth um, Mm -hmm. in terms of working with Black Girls Run um, so we can add to our own event. Yeah. I love that. That that's that's awesome, and it's uh, great to just have that like community of people there showing up at one space and just supporting each other too. And um, kind of like you said in the beginning, how you know you're a stranger showing up and staying in a, a space with two people. But I think that's the beauty of like having people that love to do have a you know a shared interest or something. You come up, show up to a race, and you may not know somebody's going to be at that race, but maybe you can have a roommate or somebody to stay with. Them. Well, I really think it, it's a, I don't know what it is but it's a sense of security when you say like you're a fellow runner like I think you know not to toot our own horns but it's almost like we have a different mentality um you know we have more of a humanistic side I don't know what it is but like even even if it's not like linking up for as a roommate like it doesn't even have to be Mm -hmm. that intimate but saying hey I'm gonna meet somebody at the crack of dawn 5 a.m. dark outside to go run five miles like that <laughs> that's yeah. some that's a 
you're a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. some real trust right there. So, I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, we're, we're linking up, we're saying meeting strangers from across the country or just in my backyard. Um, and yeah, it's definitely that, I don't know. It, it, it's weird. I don't know what it is. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure both Meg and I, we understand, um, you know, you just, uh, I always say like, even like my running friends, we just have like a deeper connection. Like I always have different groups of friends, you know, you have yeah. like your friends you do one thing with, but like my running friends, we just have that deeper connection. You can just go to that really tough conversation a lot sooner than like some other friends you might be able to. And I, I think it's too. just cause you know, you're running and you're, you're just open about whatever it is that's going on or how you're feeling. I agree with you. I'm in total mm -hmm. agreement. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, cause I know that you were referring in the beginning, I mean, owning a, or, you know, being the CEO of this, um, organization probably comes with a number of challenges too. Like what have maybe been some of the, the lower moments or challenges in, in running this and, and what's kept you going? Like what brings you up during those times? Um, probably the most challenging has not even been the, mm, I guess it's kind of twofold, one has just been from the business side, um, kind of being not thrown into becoming an entrepreneur, but just understanding how to manage a business, um, taking, taking the step out on faith. Um, try, at the beginning, I was working a full time and trying to manage, uh, manage BEGR and it was a lot on my schedule. Um, and so stepping, taking that step of faith out to just do it full time. I've just tried to had to really understand all of the facets of the business in a very short time frame, um, and that has probably been some of the probably the most down down parts. And I have to thank my husband for that. He's a fourth grade school teacher, so a very cookie cutter schedule, but he adds a lot of stability. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and he just has more of a level mind, um, than I do. So when I have those crazy ideas, he was like, all right, let's reel it back in and let's approach this a little bit more, um, a little bit more, you know, intricately and so forth. Um, but that's probably been the hardest part, just trying to understand how to manage a business, especially a business that had already had legs and try to sustain it or even take it to the next level. That's probably been the hardest thing. Um, and then um, I think the thing that keeps me going is we really do have a group of dynamic women that BGR has really been a part of changing their life. Um, and I hear that all the time, like JL, if it wasn't for BGR, I don't know where I would be in terms of my physical health or my mental health, or wherever they are in their journey and their life's journey. Um, and so talking with these women on an everyday basis saying, you know, even if it's just small motivation, Jay, you're doing a phenomenal job, or Jay, you know, this is my first time out um, in a long time. Thank you for that push. Thank you for that post. Um, you never know who's watching. Um, and so I've just been able to be a part of a group of women that just continue to push me. Um, I think they, you know, their push on me has continued to help um, me to kind of stay the course. Yeah, that's just so rewarding. And I'm sure honorable for you to be able to hear that you've impacted lives on a day to day. Yeah. Yeah. And um, for like, I, I think I read a little bit, but like for demographics, do you like it's maybe 
is it mainly middle-aged women or do you have like a yeah. few younger younger like um few women younger, as well? yeah a few younger sprinkled in um but our average age which is quite surprising at times most women are joining us to early to mid 40s mm -hmm. um and we have a strong contingency of our sassy seniors they call them <laughs> they call themselves <laughs> and those are our like 60 and up mm -hmm. um so as you guys know running can become an expensive hobby especially when you start signing up for races and start mm -hmm. training the safest way possible um whether it's shoes proper clothes nutrition yeah. all of that things can add up and you know when you start wanting to have aspirations for a half marathon a marathon you're paying 100 150 bucks just to go running mm -hmm. <laughs> um so it's definitely um a very it can be a very privileged sport at times, um, no matter what walk of life you come from. And so with that, we've definitely seen, like you said, a middle-aged woman joining us. And even if it's from that reason, but also um, women are finding more time for themselves at that age. So mm -hmm. they might be empty nesters or children that are a little bit more independent. Um, so they're not getting pulled around with this mommy to-do list. Now they are able to actually invest back in themselves. And that's what we've mm -hmm. seen. Uh, women have pressed pause on themselves for a little bit. And now they're able to kind of come back into the fold. I liked that you, you spoke a little there to the barriers that, you know, mm -hmm. can present themselves. Um, would you mind kind of sharing a little bit more on that? Like do, what other barriers maybe do you see um, that BGR is helping to break down or maybe barriers that are still out there that we can all work on helping to break down? Yeah, I think, I think there's, you know, culturally some barriers and then just barriers from just the sport period. From the sport period, I, like I mentioned, I think, you know, running can, it's definitely free just to go outside and go running. But when you become more involved with the sport, you know, buying a good pair of sneakers can run you a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars. And then you're supposed to replace them. Like what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they look, they look new to me. Like what's wrong with them? So I, I just had that happen. I had a pair of shoes and I was, I've been having a problem with my heel bothering me. And I was like, hmm, I wonder when the last time, cause I used to be really good in college about tracking it, but now I'm, I'm not as I, I just have not taken that serious edge of writing yeah. everything down right. and I realized I've been running in my shoes since December and, and so a long time ago yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like I need to get some new ones yeah um, and it really does I mean I think it's something because we hear so much about how running you're like oh it's it's free like you don't need all the equipment and I mean you don't compared to other sports but it's so true that it's really tough to be able to have those resources and and even like to go and get a good pair of running shoes, you have to be able to order them online um, or have a running store, which um, a lot of communities don't even have a running store. Exactly. Yeah, That's so really you know, tough. when you start talking the, the jargon of running and going to get a gait analysis and all of this mm -hmm. stuff, um, that, that can really create barriers as well. People just, you know, what we've seen with that middle age um, woman coming that our that BGR has come become not become but we're very reactive to some issues so women are getting a poor doctor's report or like myself I you know I reached a heavier weight um, and now I want to do something versus being proactive about the situation so within our community you know 
if we don't have those conversations of going to get a good pair of shoes at the beginning, then we start running to, into women because they are starting to run maybe at a heavier weight, then that's what turns us into injury um, and so forth. So that education um, is very important. But like I said, the cost of things can become a barrier for people. Um, and then I think just culturally, uh, just Black women in general, we definitely have some things that we carry on our plate. Um, maybe not even just Black women, just but just women in general. You know, we're the moms, we're the role models, we are kind of put things before ourselves to make sure that the home is taken care of and maybe sometimes our physical activity and our exercise for the day may take a back burner. Um, but, you know, even from a cultural standpoint, um, the conversations of food in the Black community and access, accessibility to healthy foods as well, um, even our beauty in the way that we take care of our hair and things of that nature, how much money we spend on beauty regimens, sometimes our health and exercise and physical activity takes a back burner. Um, fortunately, I have uh, curly hair, but when I have a straight day, <laughs> I'm not running. <laughs> um, so, and that's a real conversation um, amongst, you know, you know, Black women as well. Like, no, I'll see you guys next Saturday when my hair is back natural. Um, <laughs> So th those are conversations that are always ha always to be had. But like I said, they can definitely be barriers um, within the community. And then also, you know, you mentioned the reason for you all's podcast is that we want to be able to tell the story that your runner is not your traditional size, whatever, or they don't, you know, are all runners come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. But women may find that word run, especially within Black Girls Run or just the sport in general, very intimidating. Like, oh, no, like I have these hips and I have this stomach and I have these thighs. You know, it's too much going on to think that I can be a runner. And we have to break down those barriers and those conversations that, yes, you can be a runner. I don't care if you're running a 12-minute pace or a 15-minute pace or an eight-minute pace. You're still a runner. Um, and I think, though, again, those conversations still have to be had um, to start breaking down those barriers. Yeah, um, I fully agree. And that's something that we want to, um, that's like, obviously, our main mission and something we want to do better at and um, reaching, um, just spreading that message more amongst other people. And I think, um, you know, that's something we wanted to talk to you about is just like, how can we kind of um, support Black Girls Run and um, like kind of share, um, we'd love to like kind of work together a little bit on like some of our messaging or coming together and kind of um, just spreading that message a little bit more because it's really important. And I think that the more women that we can get in that community, like in that community sense and coming together for like a, sh a shared message and, and purpose just so that we all you know, feel accepted and feel um, safe in these different spaces. That's something that we, we want to do better at and, and work on ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it could be as simple as, you know, from a, from a community standpoint, just saying, hey, here where we have, here's where we have some overlap in terms of our groups. Um, how can we get involved or just show up to a group run? Mm -hmm. um, even though the group name is Black Girls Run, we do welcome all women to the pavement for us. Our only yeah. rule is no men. Um, but we, you know, all hues, all hues, all colors, all shades are welcome to join us. It's just 
you know, even what we see right now in terms of the social injustices, it's going to take everyone hands on deck mm -hmm. to make some changes to things that just have been the way they are for so long. So having, you know, non-Black people join us on the pavement just for a group run and to kind of help to make our community healthier, that's what it's going to have to take. Yeah. Um, and so I think that just, and again, you know, even opening the, the opportunity to have conversations like this, those uncomfortable conversations are how, how the dial is going to change as well. Um, so I think those are just things that we can kind of do and be, be a little bit more intentional about it. Definitely. Um, I love that. It made me think that um, I'm actually job searching. And so that was one thing is like, um, you know, it's hard when you go somewhere, you're trying to find a community or places to run. Uh, so that's definitely something I'm going to add to my list is to just search for any black girls run like community groups and areas oh, yeah. where, I'm, where I'm looking yeah. um, at. Um, jobs or possibly where my next step is um, yep. because I mean, though, you know you never know who you're running or jogging or yeah. meeting up with like you know we have people that are running for political positions that come out for just for a regular 5 a.m run or women that you know are doctors and lawyers um you never know who they know i think the pavement yeah. is definitely it can be a very level playing field and mm -hmm. that mile that you're running is the same mile that I'm running. Mm -hmm. um, and if it's, <laughs> if it's, if it's a rough day, that mile is going to be a rough mile just for you, just as it is for me. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that helps the kind of level of playing field to see how are other ways that we can collaborate um, now that we've created this commonality with running. I, I love that. I've actually never, yeah. I've never thought of that before. Um, yeah, just, yeah, you get like intimidated by somebody who's in like a higher position or somebody who does um, maybe some, you know, just does some really great work. And, you know, um, I've really never thought of that before, how we all just come together and we're just running the same mile. We're going yeah. through those same challenges already at that same time. And, you know, that, that helps you to realize that this person's really no different than you are um you know and learn from that person too yeah I've, I've had the you know over the last couple of years I've had the opportunity to I try to go to as many as my I've been trying to go to many as my local groups as I can just to go say hey what run do you all have this week and say yeah. all right I'll you know I'll go come to Cleveland this weekend and participate in you all Saturday morning run um mm -hmm. and that opportunity uh I went the last time I was heavily traveling was last summer and I was, was traveling and pregnant. It was a lot going on last summer. And so I uh, went to Cleveland for one of their 5k runs. Um, and, you know, sometimes I forget, I'm like, okay, I've done, you know, I've done a lot at a young age. And so a woman walked up to me, or a young girl walked up to me. We're probably the same age. And she was like, Jay, I follow you. And, you know, I'm trying to have my second child. And she was like, I put on a lot of weight with my first child. And she, you have been so motivating how you've still been active through your pregnancy. Mm. And for me, it was like, oh, like that was, it was no question for me. <laughs> but for some people, they're looking at it very differently. So, you know, and she wasn't even looking at my, she wasn't looking at my professional accolades. She wasn't looking at any of that. She was looking at how I was addressing physical activity while pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, that 5K we ran that day, I crossed the finish line just like she did. And I think in that, what, that's what made, I guess, her possibly comfortable to walk up to me and let me know, like, 
keep doing what you're doing. People are watching, um, but you know, people are watching for different reasons. Yeah. 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 I think it's so powerful too, that you go out to these groups because um, I was having a conversation with a friend about wanting to become more involved in different, you know, various groups. And we have a black girls run here in Portland. And I said, well, yeah, maybe we show up. And she goes, oh, I didn't think of that. She didn't think about going to black girls run <laughs> Portland. She thought, oh, let me invite, you know, some of them to come to run with us. And I'm like, no, we need to go to them. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. like I said, earlier that's really where the magic happens like I do yeah. a lot at national at the national level um but connecting with the women at the local level hearing their stories of why they run they run why they're coming out you know at the crack of dawn to run with us there's a story there that's a testimony um and that's what I like to connect with and then I, I want people to meet me as well not just you know, be this person behind the screen or just be an email handle or what have you, um, that people really do connect with the person more than they do the vision. Um, and so um, if they're able to meet me and hear my story, hear my struggles of why I do this, I've created more relationships that way in person than I have ever behind a screen um so yeah I'm always saying hey that's why I'm kind of itching right now because I haven't seen my members since February um and it's the summertime and so I was we were talking I needed to head up to Boston to go meet my local group up there and so um you know this pandemic has put a lot of that on pause but um yeah that that meeting with your local communities I mean tough I can't stress how important that is. <laughs> I love that note. Um, people connect with the person more than the vision. That's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. You've shared some really powerful things with me. Elena's um, taking notes. <laughs> I did. I wrote down a few things to remember. I, I, I love it. Yeah. Um, I also, um, that's a little outside of Black Girls Run. I saw that you wrote a children's book and I was yeah. just, I, yeah, I thought that was so cool. You were doing so, so much. Um, but it's yeah, like, I, uh, the, the, I don't know if either one of, well, Elena, I'm, well, I'm, I'm not gonna make any assumptions. Maybe you do have kids. Maybe you have like six. No, I, no, I, I, got, <laughs> you a don't. I got a cat child. A cat, yeah. <laughs> hey, I have a dog too. Those, the pets are real kids. I, they <laughs> are. <laughs> But becoming a mom has been the hardest, and I curse the hardest shit. Ever. <laughs> and I don't, and I don't know how single women do it. I don't know how people do it without a village. I don't know. Even at thirty-three years old, I could have put this off for a few more years. It's hard as hell. And my son is nine months. We're kind of in a cruising phase. We've figured out, okay, you know, this is what works. This doesn't work. And we've kind of figured out a schedule. But that newborn age, those first few weeks were very difficult for me. You know, just you're adjusting hormonally. You're now you're a new mom and you're uh, having, you're responsible for a whole human being. Um, and now you're a new woman and I can't just get up and go. Mm -hmm. And with me, I was always on go mode, like travel here or need to run this errand. Now I'm like, it takes a freaking hour and a half to get out the door. <laughs> this is crazy. And I just had a, I'm not going to say a meltdown, but I just had days where I was like, 
what is going on with me? I'm crying, you know, like I can't control my emotions. And it was just a lot. The first, I'll never forget this. It was the second night he was, the first night he was home, I feel like he was still on like hospital hours. I was like, oh, we got this. Slept through the night. We're good. The second night. Oh no. He did. So I'm nursing as well, which is a whole nother conversation. But he decided he wanted to cluster feed and he wanted to be cranky and cluster feeding. He wanted to nurse on me almost every 20 minutes Mm -hmm. through the night. And it was absolutely crazy. And then I scheduled his first pediatrician appointment like I had no kids. So for 8 a.m. on a Monday morning. (laughs) So my husband and I showed up at the pediatrician like we've had no sleep. (laughs) Like, I don't know what you're talking about right now and she just looked at me and she was like baby it's okay and I just started bawling <laughs> I was like we're unfit parents like who thought this was a good idea so through all of that after I kind of got past my and then I've had friends that had kids as well but I don't know if it's just not a combo you know mental health is a very mm-hmm. you know people a lot of people just don't talk about it yeah. and so this whole postpartum depression thing I really, even, I think it's still a disconnect between like my mom and I, that mm-hmm. women just kind of push through it and you can be a superwoman and you can do all things. And like, my mom really didn't even understand, like, what is it? Like, what, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, no, postpartum depression, this is like real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with all that said, I was like, I need to, I'm not going to write like a, I'm not quote unquote a real book. But a children's book was enough for me and my creativity level to say, all right, these are some conversations that need to start being had a little bit more often. I probably could have avoided a lot of this if someone would have been like, JL, these are some feelings that you're going to go through and this is how to process those feelings. Um, And so I wrote a children's book, which is like a love letter from my son to me, kind of encouraging me through this postpartum time and that we'll get over it and I don't Mm -hmm. care if you make mistakes you're going to fail as a mom or feel like you're a failure as a mom but you're like my superhero you can't do any wrong in my eyes and so wrote the book I published it on Mother's Day last month um and it's been it's been a really a breath of fresh air so I've been able to just share with a lot of my friends that are having kids now saying hey that newborn phase is rough. Trust me, I know. But there are better days ahead. I promise you. <laughs> uh, that's um, that's beautiful and, and and amazing. I've actually had um during this like past um probably the past nine months as well the most friends or people I know who've just had um their own children and I know even um actually my my boss where I work, it's been really hard on her and I'm sure you've experienced as well just with COVID and and she already felt like prior to this that um, she had her son in December around Mm. um, the holidays and so she already felt like she was in in quarantine just having him there and I'm sure you can relate to that and then actually being in quarantine and not being able to see people and then she just told me that um, she's going to take him to um, like she's like I need to start working more and like I can't um, like he was napping and everything so she's (laughs) taking to to daycare but she said (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She said it's even harder to like let go of him now to take him to daycare because she's been with him 24 seven. 
since yeah. December, which yeah. well, for, we fortunately we haven't we haven't even thought of daycare and don't even know when daycare is going to happen because of the yeah. pandemic. Like yeah. I said, my husband's a teacher, so he's been home mm-hmm. obviously, which has been a yeah. great help. Um, but you know, the, that first year, my mom and dad haven't seen uh, outside of Facetime, haven't seen yeah. my son since February. Wow. In four months for mm-hmm. a first year for a child is like a lifetime. So they yeah. haven't seen him since like this. Now he's like trying to walk and he's a whole nother human. Yeah. So, you know, I can understand, you know, especially new moms right now um, mm-hmm. and not even them missing time. I'm like, don't you need some grandma? You need some grandma time. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need a, I need a little break. Yeah. So I, so I get it. New moms is definitely, it's definitely the ultimate struggle right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I I think that's so sweet, just the perspective of your son writing that to you. Um, I think that's something my mom uh, would have loved as well. She ha- um, she's dealt with postpartum depression um, when she had my sister, and um, I think, like, even now, I think that's something she would love to read. Or, oh, or yeah, something. absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, thank you for sharing. I was just curious no because... Um, you do so much, even outside of out of running a business and doing that. Um, it's a good. It's important to have those creative outlets. I, oh I yeah, for that. sure. I agree with you. Uh huh. Yeah. Meg, I wasn't sure if you had another uh, another question or, or, or not. No, I don't think so. I mean, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up here pretty soon, but um, just kind of wanted to to highlight like kind of the future direction of Black Girls Run and, you know, maybe where you hope to take things over the next um, few months, year or so, like kind of your vision for for the future of it. Yeah. So, you know, we're obviously we're in very unique times right now. So, you know, in the short term, I think I'm kind of just taking it day by day, month by month to figure out where we're changing organizationally. So we're, we're doing obviously everything virtual right now. Um, and then hopefully we can reconvene on the pavement and in person within the next, you know, maybe 90 to hundred days, we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. Um, but I think that's just still an unknown out there for everyone, but just the long term. um, we have two sides of the business. Um, one, the for-profit that has been around uh, for a little over a decade. And then I started the nonprofit when I came on board as the owner uh, two years ago. So now we have a 501c3 side. And so that's really where I see the sustainability of the organization happening. Um, you know, the running business is very... Um, it's, it's very congested, very, it's a lot happening within the running community right now. Everybody's putting on their own 5k and, you know, um, Mm -hmm. so we, we've had to kind of shift in terms of how we're, uh, how we're impacting our community. And so the foundation is something that I see where we're able to create a lot more impact in the community, even outside of running. So uh, we received like our first grant last year from Facebook, where we were able to launch training programs across the country. And we were able to pay for a women's race registration. Um, They were able to complete a 12 week training and be paired with a run coach and a nutritionist. Um, They were received the stipend for running shoes and running clothes. Um, So really this, 
this kind of wraparound services for women that are wanting to become healthier and active, but may not have all of the means to do so. And so that's something that I see it will, where we'll be evolving to where someone's saying, Hey, I want to get involved with BGR. Um, or they come out to a run and they, you know, they're, they have a pair of shoes on that definitely is not good for running. And now they're having shin splints. And it's like, well, where can we help you to kind of, and it's like, man, I can't afford a pair of $150 shoes. Well, that's where BGR can step in and say, hey, let's get you started on the right foot. That way, if you, at least we know you're in a good pair of shoes, there'd be minimum chance of injury, which will be more chance of you continuing to stay on this track of becoming healthier. So um, we are definitely in the early stages of building up the foundation and creating these resources, but that's kind of the direction that I see the organization happening that will be creating more impact and be able to be eligible for more um, funding that actually creates some sustainable impact and we're actually able to say hey BGR has contributed to X percentage of weight loss X percentage of women you know reducing their blood pressure that we can actually hit some metrics and hit some numbers and kind of really um, see some results from that in yeah that's, that's really yeah. amazing yeah yeah, big things ahead. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Meg and I can both relate to that. We're both in the um, like uh, health and wellness field professionally. Uh, we both, Megan also got her master's in public health too. Oh, so. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We can, that. It's, it's, yeah, it's a lot yeah. about numbers and yeah. you know, impact and, you know, you know, I, I say, you know, for the last 10 years, man, we have some gorgeous pictures, women losing weight, you know, groups meeting up across the country, but um, you know, I can't say for a fact that, oh, we have moved the, we've moved the needle this much, or we've contributed, mm -hmm. you know, 20% of women have done this, or, you know, we always hear that four out of five women, African-American women are overweight or, or obese. Well, where does BGR fit in that larger picture that we've actually had X number of women to log this many miles, um, to lose this amount of weight. Um, and that's where I want to start digging in to say, all right, this is the impact that BGR really is having in the community. Yeah. yeah and that data too can help tell that story, you know, exactly. Really exactly. <laughs> that's incredible. And that goes to show that like the running is one aspect, but it's so much more than that oh, yeah. and has such a, a lasting impact on your community members' lives and um, of those that they, in their families and uh, friends too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, for anyone that's interested, like that's listening now and either wants to join BGR or, you know, take part in your, um, your upcoming race that you're a part of, what would you say is the best way to get started? Um, best way is just head to the website, blackgirlsrun.com. We have a list of all of our groups there. Um, and it's just a matter of finding the city and group that's closest to you um, and getting connected that way. We have a dynamic group of about 190 ambassadors across the country that lead these local groups. Um, and then once you get connected, um, the ambassadors will reach out to say, hey, when we're back on the pavement and meeting in person, you know, we have a 
6 p.m. run here or 5.30 a.m. run here. If it fits in your schedule, come out and join us. Um, and so that's at the local level. And then, um, you know, at the national level where we have meetups, um, our next one right now is slated for um, the New Jersey Marathon, November 13th. Um, and then we'll also be doing an international run, hopefully um, in Jamaica, the first weekend of December at the Reggae Marathon. Um, so, you know, there's opportunities to connect at the local level, but also the national level as well, um, just to come out and run and vacation at the same time. <laughs> what a party. Yeah, that's the best part of a, of, a, of a race somewhere different is you can actually yeah, have a vacation too. Yep. Yep. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully the, the pandemic will be a little nicer uh, as we move through the summer and hopefully some better things are on the horizon at the end of the year because I'm over 2020. <laughs> <laughs> We're halfway there. I know. <laughs> I, I think some be I actually saw this quote. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the uh, poet Morgan Harp Harper Nichols, but she had a piece of artwork that said that uh, it was something along those lines, like, you know, there's still beauty to come um and, and still in the future and it, it was a it was a nice um i know i'm kind of a, I, you know i mean i'm trying to be as optimistic and positive but i feel like <laughs> every turn 2020 is just like side jabbing yeah. and, and that's okay too it's 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 tough yeah it's it's tough so yeah hopefully this hopefully this summer and like i said um you know we'll we'll have hopefully quarter four of 2020 will be a lot nicer to us yeah yeah, I hope so too. Sure. <laughs> um, I do. I have one more question because we, yeah. we ask all of our guests, like, what does being a strong runner chick mean to you? Mm. I also want to highlight you have a badass mother shirt on. So you can <laughs> say what a badass mother means to you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Strong runner chick. Um, oh, man. How can I put this kind of in a nutshell? I would say it means that you are definitely a superwoman that has an awesome village to support you, that you can run with the best of them or um, you can just get out there and just do what, what, what's comfortable for you. And that at the same time, um, on those bad days or those not so good days that you are still able to extend yourself some grace and know that the next day you can still get out there and rock it. Um, so all of that in a nutshell. <laughs> Beautifully put. I love it. Yeah. Um, anything else, Elena, did you have any questions? final questions or, you know, I definitely JL want to open it up to shout outs or any final, um, anything you want to leave the listeners with as well. No, just anyone listening, um, please join us on the pavement. We have a dynamic community um, that's always open to anyone just coming um, to either continue on their health and fitness journey or get started. Um, and then just shout out to all of our ambassadors, our coordinators, all of VGR Nation. Um, just continue to be strong. We're using a hashtag right now, BGR strong through the pandemic and quarantine. So continue to stay positive and stay motivated and just continue just hitting the pavement. Um, so everyone is healthier on the other side of this. Mm -hmm. Thank well, you. Thank you. Yeah, Anything thank you else? 
No, I was just going to say um, thank you so much for sharing all of this. It was really, um, I, I really appreciate you, you carving some time out to speak with us. And No problem. Uh, we, I appreciate you guys reaching out. Yeah. Yeah. We just wanted you to know that we're here to support in whatever way we can um, and collaborate um, maybe down the line in the future or something. Yeah. Well. Keep me po- yeah. I'm always available. Keep me posted of anything that you guys have going on virtually or, you know, kind of as society reopens, even in person and just anytime I can pay- make introductions, whether you're, we have a group in Indianapolis. I don't know how close you are to the city. Yeah. Um, and obviously we have a group in Portland as well. Yeah. So I'm excited to reach yeah, Even if it's, you know, making those dinette, uh, those direct um, connections via email, um, then I, you know, I'll be more than happy to do that as well. Thank you, JL. Thanks. We'll be sure to link up everything like your website, your foundation donation page and, uh, everything else you've got. So thank you. Sounds good. Thank you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I have a wonderful, well, uh, take care of yourself and I hope that you have a great, a great week and um, enjoy some time with your son and your Will husband. Do. Yeah. <laughs> Will Recharge do. your superwoman yeah. powers. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. We'll be in touch um, over okay. the next week or two when we publish this one. Okay. Sounds good. Keep me Thank posted. You Thank you. Yeah. All right. Bye. Take care. Take care. Bye. Have bye. a wonderful day. You too. Thank you for listening to Strong Runner Chick Radio. Be sure to Take a moment, leave us a review in iTunes, and let us know what you think of the podcast. We would love to get your feedback. In addition, we've recently started a Patreon community, which you can check out at patreon.com slash strongrunnerchicks, where we are going to be providing some additional features for Patreon members, um, monthly webinars, chats of all kinds. We're also doing a book club. So if you have not hopped on the book club train, please do. You can join us at the link in our Instagram bio. And um, be sure to reach out. Like we said, we love to hear from you guys. Have a wonderful day.